Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up and good morning, War Report family. Your man, Ike Jones. We are here. It is Friday Right before A-Day, we're going to give you some final thoughts on what we are thinking about spring. But really, today is all about you all right here on The Morning Drop. We want to hear what you have to say, your questions. We're going wall-to-wall with as many of those as we can before we get out of here. But man, it's time, A-Day weekend. Let's get straight into it. Y'all know how we do right here on The War Report. Let's drop it on them. The morning drop right here, your guy Ike Jones, and we are finally to A-Day going to get an opportunity to see what everybody has been cooking up during the spring in all position groups. Maybe get some answered questions. I don't know how many questions we're going to get answered, man, but I, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Rainy day and all. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm looking forward to it. But um, let me get my guy B. Will in here, man. He's going to come in and we're going to talk a little bit. Spring ball. B. Will. What's up, man? What up? Spring ball, baby. Yeah. That forecast ain't let up on us nah. at all. Um, it actually like went up to like 95%. <laughs> yeah. It's going to uh, definitely be raining. So just be prepared to be in the rain, man. I mean, it yeah. just is what it is. It's not going to be long. According to the format that they put out um, just a couple of days ago on on uh, Twitter, or I think it was on Instagram as well, maybe on their Facebook. I haven't looked at the Facebook page, but one hour running clock. So you only have to be out there for like an hour and a half, depending on how early you get to the um, stadium. Which your, is again, like now, now I'm disappointed again. <laughs> <laughs> I was that was gonna be my question. What do you feel about a one hour running clock? No quarters, nothing like no. that. Just an hour straight of hitting people and then getting off the field. I I, I have mixed feelings. I, mean, I know people don't want to be in the rain forever. A day yeah. is a, is a fan experience, and you're asking people to just be out there when when it's heavy downpour. It's not like hey, it's gonna be some scattered showers. No, it's going to be big raining. So you don't want people exposed to that. I get it. But man, you just you you wait to get a little glimpse of what we might be. Not what we will be, because we know we're gonna see an incomplete product. Right. But still, man, you want to see more than an hour? I mean, hour? listen, I, I would I think an hour would have been fine if it weren't raining, because it's like you're just gonna really see a guy slipping and sliding around for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, an hour is gonna go by in a heartbeat. Um it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. The running clock, I think, is the thing that's that's probably a little bit more disappointing. Like right. an hour of play time, you know, where being on the field, I think is fine. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Going to definitely be interesting. But it doesn't matter, man, because I'm going to beat up. <laughs> yeah. Wait, listen, some football is better than no football. There it is. Every day of the week. There Even the rainy right day. There. So, 
right. So I put this out here on Twitter last night. And uh, like I said in the opening, today we're really just about your questions. So go ahead and get your questions in the live chat about things that you want to hear. But I want to start with the stuff that was on Twitter because those people followed directions uh, (laughs) last night and this morning to give me suggestions of things that they would like to hear about. So I am going to start with those. But if you have any additional ones, make sure you put those here in the chat. Let me find them. I had them queued up and then other stuff started happening. All right. So Ethan Lowry is the first one. He jumps in. Uh, he is tweeting at underscore Ethan Lowry, if you guys want to follow him on Twitter. But Ethan Lowry starts out with a couple of questions. So we'll go with question number one first. He says, where is Jeremiah Wright at in the O-line picture? Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on Jeremiah Wright and how he's progressed this spring so far, if you will? If I'm not mistaken, he was injured. In, you know, coming out of the regular season last year, he was injured. I don't know how much he's been participating because of that injury. So I'm not sure where Jeremiah Wright. Now, he's been spoken about as as a positive, in a positive way. And really, that's all we have to go on is who are the coaches talking about? Who are the fellow, their fellow players talking about? And Jeremiah Wright's been mentioned a couple of times. I, I expect, because of his experience, and also his physicality. He will be at one of those guard spots. Mm-hmm. That's my expectation. I do not know that. But we there's a lot again, we're not gonna see much about this spring game that's gonna directly carry over to the fall. I just think and I'm I'm making an assumption here. The the competition is gonna be open across all positions, but Jeremiah Wright, what we did see from him and what we do know about him, he's gonna have a place at one of those guard spots on that line. Yeah, I I agree. I think that Jeremiah Wright is going to be a leader in that room. He does all of the things that you want to see your offensive lineman do as far as effort. Um, And, you know, if he can learn the system and execute, which, you know, with with it being a heavily based RPO system, assumptions heavily based RPO Mm -hmm. system, it's really just kind of run blocks with pass tags, right? Like you're not doing a bunch of exotic stuff from the offensive line standpoint. You just kind of have to understand responsibilities of who you're supposed to be blocking on how the gaps are presented in front of you. But if you understand that fundamentally of, okay, I'm supposed to go block this guy or we're supposed to slide in this direction. You just go do that with hundred percent effort. You should be able to acclimate yourself. And I say that because I don't think that we're going to be super complex in this system to start out. We're definitely not going to be tomorrow, but right. Right. um, All right. Um, Number two on the questions from Ethan Lowry was, is Robbie's arm injury the same lingering injury from the fall? That's a good question. Um, I I mean, I don't think coaches have not given a detailed analysis of his shoulder injury, just said that he's had a shoulder injury. I um, we we would have to check with people closer to Robbie. Mama Ashford shows up in the chat from time to time, and honestly, she'd probably be forthcoming if, if that's something that they want us to know. She would tell us, yeah, in the chat because um, she's she's actually pretty cool like that. So I I don't know. We have not asked. We just knew that it was a shoulder injury. It was it's the same him. shoulder. That's as it's much the same as shoulder. I know is the same shoulder. Right. I don't know. I would I would assume it's the same issue, and it's just kind of been. Because, uh, you know, again, to our understanding, he didn't have any surgery in the offseason, right. right? So right. it's probably more of a nagging injury than it is some secondary injury, um, which of the two options, whether it, you know, I, I would think the nagging would be the one that I would opt for because a second injury to the same shoulder is, is a little, right. that's a little scary. Right. Um, but yeah, still dealing with the same kind of situation, just 
you know, re-aggravated, that's not to me as big a deal. But, you know, um, again, that's an assumption. I haven't asked Robbie that question. I don't know anybody on the personal training staff and I haven't asked his mother that question specifically. So, yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's scary. It's scary because that's, that's the guy who I thought had of the guys on the roster currently. That's the guy who I would want starting day one more than the others, just because again, ceiling, Mm -hmm. Robbie ceiling after familiarity, after they figure out what they want to do with the playbook rapport with the wide receivers. That's our highest ceiling, Uh, not accounting for whoever they might bring in from the transfer portal. So um, it's it's scary to think that your best option might have a busted wheel before you even get going. You just you can't play around with shoulders, man. They're weird. They're, they're, they're so weird. So much muscle that you can strengthen to kind of reinforce it. But if there's something inside that really just needs to be repaired, how do you know that unless you cut it in? Like you could take all the MRIs and X-rays, but you be like, all right, you're good. Like whatever diagnosis he got, they could have seen everything that they could see. Said, no, you're good. You just need to rest and strengthen it. Okay, great. You rest, you strengthen it, and then it messes up again. So now you know, or you don't. Uh, who knows? Maybe surgery has to be on the table. It's just, it's a question mark until it's completely fixed. Until you get past whatever that injury is, you get into regular football activity, and it's not bothering you anymore. That's how you know. So, yeah, it's it's a big question mark. I, I just hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been powering through some stuff for a while, but... Uh, hopefully, to your point, be will that he is just fine. Uh, third question here. He had four of them, so we're we're powering through the Ethan Lowry questions here. Number three is: Has anybody heard anything on the progression of Marquise Gilbert at safety? Hmm. Has not. Hmm. I, I have not heard anything about Marquise Gilbert. I haven't heard much about the safety rotation, though. Yeah, I, I I would love to get an opportunity to talk to Zach Etheridge about how the safety room is progressing. We do, because they have two different coaches in the secondary between the, uh, the outside defensive backs <laughs> and the safeties, we would get an opportunity to talk to someone who specifically would be working with Marquise Gilbert. So, um, yeah, I haven't heard anything specifically about him Um I'm looking forward to seeing how he's progressing. He's a, he's a guy that came in with a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was hype about more so because like, oh, he's the number one safety, number one rated safety Juco product coming up. Oh, he's mm-hmm. got to be deep. We, we have become accustomed to at Auburn hearing Juco product and thinking, okay, this is about to turn into something because we've gotten right. good JUCO products, right? right? Right. And so the number one safety out of JUCO, I'm thinking he's going to come in here and he's going to revolutionize our defense, didn't see the field outside of special teams and right. random you know, game action here and there, but nothing super meaningful as far as snaps from Marquise Gilbert last year that I can ever recall seeing on film. Right, right, exactly. And and I think a lot of that's going to be a question mark because we we had guys who show very well. I think uh, Simpson making the transition over to safety, man. Oh, wow. Okay, so he's going to be out there. I think Coffin was very quietly when we started to do some losing in the middle. And we were not, we know we weren't a good team last year, but Donovan Kaufman missing made a difference and Echo Leota missing made a difference. Yeah, I think we probably win another game just off the strength of them being there, even with Harson there. I think we wouldn't know the game because those two were difference makers and we were without them for uh, a combined, I don't know, 14, 15 games between each one of them. So, yeah, um, who knows what Marquise Gilbert is going to be. Haven't heard uh, much, too much about anyone 
safety jumping out. But I know those guys have a lot to juggle, though. And that's the thing. The coaches have a lot to juggle with the with the secondary personnel because you got to keep guys happy and on the field. Because we know that in, I think, was it 415 is the opening date? The portal is open for business. Yeah. <laughs> really quick in about a week after A Day. So um, if people don't like what they get tomorrow or they don't like how things went for them tomorrow or they don't like the meetings after that, it's going to be open for business for some Auburn players too. So hopefully Marquise Gilbert gets his opportunity. That's all we want. Yeah. Give these kids the opportunity. Not to, to say that you got to be the one starting because you came in here hyped. That That's not how football goes. But we want, do want these guys to get the opportunity to show what they can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Number four here for Ethan Lowry says, how have the three D-line slash edge portal guys compared to the other ones already on the team? So we're talking about Justin Rogers, uh, Nasili Kite, and Lawrence Johnson. And then mm-hmm. we have Elijah McAllister. So he said three, but there's four with that edge presence mm-hmm. there for Elijah. How have they compared to the other ones already on the team? Any thoughts on this one? I have seen coverage with, with the assistant coaches talking about some of those transfer guys for sure. Um, I don't think it's there's any way to know what that rotation looks like because I still think that it's going to be really hard to move Marcus Harris and Jason Jones off, off of that line. I think it's going to be very difficult to supplant any either one of those guys. So I'm sure everybody will get snaps. They'll rotate in and out. What A-Day looks like, again, we don't think that that's going to be a true reflection of what we expect to see 100% in the fall. I think Marcus Harris is going to be a starter, whether he is uh, inside line or one of those ends that's opposite of the jack. I don't know if Jason, Jason Jones and Justin Rogers might be uh, redundant as far as either one of their position, they they can kind of play one in one, one, a one B, but maybe you want a big package. You want to put both of those guys in there. I don't know. I, I think yeah. at the very least, Justin Rogers is going to be one of the mainstays because we have heard very positive about him. And again, the coach is talking and the players talking is kind of what you got to go by in the spring. So I, of, of in any of the other transfers, I have, I have trouble saying for sure they're going to be on that line day one. Or even one of the the short rotation guys because we have not seen them, we haven't heard too much about any of them. I'm assuming Justin Rogers, Locke, or Jason Jones, either or Locke at those positions, at that position. Marcus Marcus Harris, Harris would be the third guy that I put in there. Again, we're gonna have a three three uh, a standard. It's gonna be a three down lineman thing. I would say Justin Rogers, Jason Jones, Marcus Harris would be the standard three. Um, and then you're going to rotate in Jeffrey Emba, Nasili Kite, um, mm-hmm. uh, Lawrence Johnson, and then um, you know again I'm I'm super pumped about Aniche Sledge making hit some appearances. The Cavius Walker is still up there. It's going to be interesting to see what it is post spring. But um, to more to the question is comparably, I still think with the three spots that are there um, along the front. And then we'll talk about, I'll I'll talk about the Jack position or the edge separately, Mm -hmm. but with the three spots along the front, the nose tackle, defensive tackle, defensive end, I think two of those three will be fielded initially. um, If I were to project forward to the fall right now by two incumbent guys, Justin Rogers would be the third guy that I think breaks into that. So Mm -hmm. I don't think Zacavius Walker and Nietzsche Sledge or Jeffrey Imba will start in front of, Justin Rogers. Yeah. So I think the primary three will be Marcus Harris, Jason Jones, Justin Rogers, from what I'm seeing or hearing right now. Um, 
But then they're going to try to rotate. They do want a solid rotation up there in the front, so you will see those other guys get playing time and snaps. And I think it's going to be a frequent rotation. I don't think it's going to be like, well, you're going to get five snaps. It's more like they want to continually keep them fresh so that we have the, the run stability in the middle. When you get to the edge position, I don't know that we had any incumbent that was really flashing there. Of course, we've talked mm-hmm. a lot about Dylan Brooks and his potential. Um, and I think that he's made some strides this offseason. I do think that that's a three-person race right now for snaps between mm-hmm. Elijah McAllister, um, Dylan Brooks, who we just mentioned, and then the freshman, Keldrick Falk. I think that the vast majority of snaps, if we were to project forward right now, would come from those three guys. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Twitter question number five, but second person here. Uh, Matt Brown tweeting at I am an Auburn fan. One says, I'm curious about how the linebackers are progressing. I kept saying that this, excuse me, kept saying last year was surprised um, to not see Eugene Asante at all. I'm wondering if it's looking like he'll get into the mix at all this season. Thoughts on this one, B-Will? So while not having heard anything, any mentions of Eugene Asante from the, the coaches about, as far as praise goes, I have seen him in the, when they put, the football account puts out the videos of the team practicing and them answering questions and talking to the cameras. He's He's out there. He's participating. He looks like he's definitely getting along with his with his uh, his team. So he is here. Okay, so he's here and he's healthy because he's practicing. Yep, that's all we know about Eugene Sante. I have yeah. no idea why he did not see the field last year. From what we do know, injury was not the reason. It was not the reason for sure. I've 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 confirmed that on multiple occasions from multiple sources that he was not injured last year. Right. I've confirmed from multiple sources that. It wasn't an issue of effort in practices. He was showing up and he was giving effort. I've also confirmed that it looked as if he knew what he was doing out there. Mm-hmm. Just was not cracking the rotation. And I don't have a single answer for the that subsequent question as to why. Right, right. Considering so, what our linebacker play was last year, I don't know right. the why question on that one. Yeah, when Cam Riley went down, I, I, I don't know how you don't throw the kitchen sink out there. Like, whatever we got. You tried. Let's try you. Let's try you. Because, I mean, what do you have to lose at that point, man? We were giving up, getting gashed the way we were on the ground. But Ole Miss and, and Arkansas and any team who could remotely run the ball ran on us embarrassingly. So, listen, I'm trying all our dudes. So we can keep the same couple of players out there who do have more experience and they're getting gashed and we lose big. What's, what's, the, what's the alternative? Put some new guys out there and, I don't know, even if they aren't any better, at least now I know. Like now we we don't have any idea what Eugene Sante could do. We could that could have answered some questions for him coming into this year. As, as far as all right, well, I did pick up the system. I was able to get out there and make some tackles. Oh man, let's let's do the tackling machine. We, I I don't feel like we know what we get again. The same thing with with earlier when we we're talking about uh, Gilbert's safety. 
Give these guys a chance, man. Give them a chance. Put them on the field. And we had need, which is a good reason to put that guy on the field. And we did not do it. Listen, no disrespect to him, but Barton Lester got burned before Eugene Asante did. And he's a walk-on kid that just earned a scholarship at the uh, in the middle of the season. Yeah. How do you not you guys recruited him from the transfer portal and brought him in? Right. This wasn't some holdover from the Gus regime. Right. This is you. You brought him in here. Why did you not play him when you had needed linebacker? That is one of the biggest mysteries for me from last season is how Eugene Asante did not get playing time. I've also heard that he's played well during the spring, right? Okay. Um, And he's he's picking up the system pretty well. He seems like a guy who's going to be where he's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Get him some snaps, man. Yeah, for sure. And that was that's the second year in a row we brought in the transfer. Everybody was at least interested in or hyped about, and we didn't see him not one time. Because in the 2021 season, it was the defensive back that came in from West Virginia. What was his name? Oh, it's gosh. Yeah, I know exactly. Who you and everybody's like, where is he? And he yeah. and he responded on Twitter. He was like, I'm just, just being patient. Drayshawn Miller is his name. Drayshawn Miller, yes. Yep. Drayshawn. Like, I, I don't... That's puzzling. You bring again a, a guy in just to be a cheerleader on the bench? I, I don't know, man. That's... that's I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. So hopefully we get to see him. Like, hopefully he gets his opportunity. That's what I'm asking for. And and these are some rough circumstances. Go out here and, and tackle a, a a slippery running back while it's raining. But yeah, this is your shot. So <laughs> I mean, you're, uh, in addition to what you got in the spring, the coaches are watching you. Every everything's recorded and taped. Go out there and do the best you can with the opportunity you get. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's move forward here. Uh, I believe this is our last one from Twitter. Let me just make sure before I um. All right, so yeah, last one here is from Subvet for Liberty, tweeting at Subvet for Liberty and says, if you had to project, f- oh, this is an interesting one. If you had to project five players who will transfer elsewhere to have an opportunity to play, who would they be? I don't want to talk badly about anyone, but some people will need to look elsewhere. This is an interesting question. Five players who could potentially transfer. All right. Woo. All right. All right. Y'all buckle up for this one. All right. I'm I'm this is in no way this is not disrespect to these players at all. Anybody who chose to come here, I am glad that they chose us. Again, I want everybody to get an opportunity, but we know that in football, there's a limited number of positions, there's a limited number of snaps to be taken, especially at certain positions. I think the five most likely transfer, number one, I'm looking at Tavares Dawson. Okay. And it's mostly because his size and skill set are duplicated by Javarius Johnson. But Javarius Johnson is probably still the best, best is, is the most sure thing at receiver that we've had in the last two years. When the ball gets thrown, he gets open. And when the ball's thrown his way, he catches it. His size is the only thing that I think from keeps him from being a bigger deal. But if you're Tavares Dawson, you have very similar size, you have similar speed and agility, except a couple times where you got a shot, you dropped the ball. That's 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 not how are you going to leap the most consistent receiver that we have had on the roster? And in a room of receivers where Javarius Johnson might not even be the most heralded receiver anymore. He's the most accomplished to mm-hmm. this point, but he might not even be the one that's flashing the hardest. Camden Brown's coming on, Jay Fair's coming on. Guys with uh, more size, more strength. I think Tavares Dawson is probably looking at third at the slot. 
And I don't think there's any reason to stick around third at the slot when you do have Tavares Johnson skill set. When you have his skill set, you go, okay, I can go to a lot of schools, be in their slot and make their team better. And he's going to get some calls. All right, he's going to get some calls after the spring. Well, that's tampering, isn't it? Interest will be generated. <laughs> he will generate some interest, I think, because of what he, I think he can do. Now, whether he's as sure a catcher as Javarius Johnson, I have no idea. I know Javarius, Javaris, I say Javarius because I have, it's Javarius, because they call him Var, so I think his name's Javarius. Mm-hmm. I don't, you're not, you're not going to jump Javaris Johnson. You're not. So it makes the most sense to go ahead and get into the portal and see where else you can go, where you can get on the field and be productive. Listen, man, you can go to a, a group of five. You can go to a, a Memphis, heck, a, a UCF, where they need speed, where they need short things in their slot position. Go go do that because here, we a bit of an overhaul at wide receiver, and there's a guy directly in front of you that has a lot to prove before he's out of eligibility and wants to go to the league. I think he's one to make a league. So I, you give me one, and then I'll be I'll be thinking about my next one. Okay, yeah, I actually don't disagree with Dawson as a take. <sighs> this one's gonna hurt some people's feelings, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I think there's a possibility, as much as he loves Auburn, that Landon King might hit the transfer portal after the spring. Man, mm. I just I, I don't I don't know. And I, I get every, every people are probably shouting at their phones and computers right there. There's no way Landon King. I don't know that he's going to jump anybody in the room in front of him. They're, they're talking about possibly rotating eight receivers. Camden Brown, Amari Kelly, Jay Fair, Javarius Johnson, um, who, who have I not mentioned? Nick Mardner are all mm-hmm. probably ahead of him in that race for the top five. He might crack that next three. But I don't know the answer to that because I do know for a fact they want more speed mm-hmm. and Landon King doesn't give you speed. Right. He gives you height. He gives you good hands. He gives you inconsistent hands, actually, but he gives you good hands. He can make some, some wow catches, but he doesn't really give you speed. So they're looking for more speed to put out there. Did I mention Coy Moore in that list that I just rattled off? So that's six, right? Mm-hmm. And they're talking about potentially rotating eight. Omari. So I just don't I don't know that Landon King is going to want to be in the position again where he's kind of buried in the depth chart. Yeah. Um you still have Dequavia Sori who's going to be coming in uh, in the um in the in the fall who is yeah. he, he who is who is a speed guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're going to want to add another wide receiver from the portal. I think Landon King might be the odd man out in that wide receiver room. And, you know, we're, we, we've named two receivers so far, but I'm telling you that I just don't, I, I personally don't know. I haven't been to a single practice. Right. I'm just looking at the returns of what I'm hearing about different positions in the wide receiver room. I don't know that yeah. Landon King's very high on that list right now. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I think Landon King's in the unenvious position of being a, hey, just put me on the field. I think he's that dude because every time he's been on the field, like I want you to think about this. During his freshman season, he committed to Augusta Malzahn in, in Chad Morris, OC head coach battery. He comes in. The offense is nothing like that. He works his way onto the field under Harson, which was a big ask right. considering what, what the culture was like there. And he produces. Like when he got on the field, he had a big catch in the Georgia State game. They ended up winning us. Part of the drive that won us the game. 
He had a big catch in the Iron Bowl that got us to overtime or in overtime. Excuse yeah. me. Listen, well, that's when the light the lights are the biggest. When we were down and we needed a score so we don't lose to this group of five team and be the shame of the SEC that year, that was big. In the Iron Bowl to keep us in that game, to keep that game competitive, that was big. I don't think he is, his practice looks as impressive as his game tape. And I don't know how you remedy that. I, I, yeah. I don't know the disconnect. Like Hugh Freeze can say... Well, you know, we're going to keep in mind what Robbie can do because if we don't see everything in practice, then we know what he can do. Landon King has showed well in games, but those limited games. And then the 2022 season, almost nothing. Yeah. The passing game was terrible. Uh, he did have one incredible catch in the Penn State game. I think it was the first half before we were going to mm-hmm. the half. Listen, when, he's gets, when, when he gets on the field, put the ball in his area, and he's making magnificent catches. But I don't know if his practice looks as impressive as his game tape. And when coaches are thinking about who to put out there, they're going to think, ooh, I'm going to go by what I see you doing every day, and you're going to practice five times more than you're going to play a game. I I think that's going to keep him from getting opportunities. Maybe he gets some spot duty, decides it's enough, and stays with us. I don't know. if Like like to what you're saying, I don't know if he cracks the top five. A wide receiver, and yeah, I just I, I don't I don't I don't personally see it because you know people are are enamored by his height in a Hugh Freeze system. Hugh Freeze also values guys that are tall and can move. Right, and Landon King's just not he ain't he's he don't have that top end speed. Right, um, and that's why he started at tight end, right? Because he wasn't expected to be that guy, and he's right. not going to get room in the tight end room, which will bring me to my next person here in just a minute. Uh, but I will let you um, volleyball that next word and get the next uh, person out. But uh, I just I, I don't I don't I don't know, man. I, I mm. again, I could be completely wrong about all of these things. Uh, names I'm putting out yeah. here. We're just but, guessing. This yeah. is not intel. This is not yeah. something we know anything. This is what have personally what have I me and Mike seen going out to practice, and of course we're going to talk amongst ourselves when when we go to those practices. And also, what do we hear from these assistant coaches, man? They, listen, if somebody jumps out, they'll mention it, yeah. and they have. And Landon King hadn't been one of those names, so it leaves you wondering, all right, what are, the, what are they talking to you about? What are, what are you showing? And I'm telling you from what I could see, when Heather didn't say, hey, be patient with these wide receivers, based on the practice that she was at, I get why she said that. Camden Brown wasn't out there. He was out there. He just wasn't participating. Mm-hmm. Jay Fair wasn't participating. And the guys that were left, it looked a little rough. Now, the quarterback throws had something to do with that. It did. It did. That was when Robbie had just come off the hurt shoulder weekend scrimmage. And yeah, it, it didn't look great. But we are going to be looking for some absolute difference makers. And in practice, Landon King doesn't look like that guy. Which again, I think he is that guy in game. But him being able to channel that every day in practice, I think that would help Landon's, Landon King's case a lot. Maybe he sticks it out, does something spectacular in, in the spring game, sticks it out, comes in the fall camp and says, all right, I'm going to be that dude every single day of practice. And I think he gets on the field if he does that. And, and let me say this about Landon King. I think that he's probably one of the hardest working young men out there. He has the right attitude about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he has done everything coaches have asked him to do from putting on weight and then dropping weight to try to be a receiver. He wants to see the field and he wants to do all of the things necessary. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that... 
the space is there for him right now. And the question is, is he going to be patient another year to figure out whether or not this system is going to be optimal for him because he's running out of eligibility? So the question right. for him is going to be about patience at this point in time. And, uh, you know, I'd love to see him see it come to fruition for him. One thing that's not hitting the transfer portal is Rogue Shop, though. You guys can head over to RogueShop.com and use code RAPPORT uh, to get a little something off of your purchase Make sure that you guys transfer your funds over to the Rogue Shop and get you a little something great for yourself. America's number one online dispensary is RogueShop.com. Again, use code RAPPORT when you head over there. That lets them know that the War Report sent you. And we appreciate all of you supporting those that support us. Let's get back into our conversation, though, about mm-hmm. names that could hit the transfer portal. We've gotten two names out so far, both of them from the wide receiver room. Be Will, who is your next name for potential transfers after the spring? I, unfortunately, I I think, well, we're going to lose somebody in the defensive backs group, um, whether safety or corner or both. Right now, I think we know DJ James is locked in. All right, he decided to come back. He was the best corner on the team. He was one of the best corners in the conference. He's not going anywhere. Kay and Lee has gotten in, already gotten some shine, already started to show why he was such a big steal from Ohio State in the uh, in, in this recruiting class. Pritchett is a senior guy over there at that corner spot. He's not going to go anywhere. He doesn't, you know, you don't come back and say, hey, I'm in, I'm in here. Even if you get jumped, you had to know that was a risk uh, because Pritchett had some some up and down play. I don't think there is room for an Austin Osbury who was recruited to play corner, mm. who was recruited to play corner, um, who we heard virtually nothing about all of 2021, excuse me, 2022 season, and who I still haven't heard much about so far in 2022. Never knocked a guy who could not get in to the rotation under Harson, especially if there were guys in front of you playing better. Even if Keontae Scott is not your permanent boundary corner, he's going to get on the field before and Austin Osbury because he's he's a more experienced and a better player at this point in their careers. So I got Kay and Lee. I got Nehemiah Pritchett who's going to get some snaps. Of course, I got well, so Osbury, to be clear, is running at safety right now. Right, right. And so that, that's where I'm getting to is we see why they moved him to mm-hmm. safety, right? You've got talent ahead of you or more impressive talent at this point. Safety is not any clearer. Yeah. <laughs> Safety's just as jumbled up because I if you're telling me who's back there, Simp and... Um, Donovan Kaufman, I'll say that. Oh, cool. Done. Leave yeah. those guys. That's my one two at safety. Now, how do you work your way past them? Because we got uh Caleb Wooden. Mm-hmm. Caden Bridges, who Kaden got burned last year. Actually played Gilbert, well last who, year. Who we just talked about. Yeah. So who are you jumping? Because now you're not even playing your natural position anymore. Like Simpson was a natural transition to safety Ryan because Puckett. he actually hit. Simpson hit like a safety at quarterback. Yeah, he did. His skill set suggested safety. He was at the wrong position. I think they corrected it by putting him in safety. So it's not like he's a fish out of water over there at safety. No, Simp looked good at safety. Yeah. So you're going to leave him there. I think uh, between Kaufman and Bridges and Wooden, I think all of them have a head start on safety because, again, you're trying to adjust. What Was, was it in his skill set that said, hey, this is not the best place place for you. Let's move you. Or was it, hey, you're not going to get any burn there. Let's move you. What was it? Uh, Devin Barrett. They moved him to like defensive back. They're running mm-hmm. back. They're like, ah, you're not that good at this. This move. What was the reason for this move? Did he want to make this move? Did J.J. Pegues want to make the move from tight end to defensive tackle when he was here? Or was it just like, ah, we need you more over here. Why don't you jump over here? It doesn't look like 
they really have a, a firm place for him and he wants to be in that place. I think that that disparity is going to probably be what puts him in the portal. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you. He was on my list as well. We have not disagreed on anybody so far of yeah. these names. Uh, we are up to three so far, and I think that we have been in agreement on all three. Um, and, and more so because, again, I just I think that there are more guys. I mean, Craig McDonald, we didn't talk about Craig McDonald. Like, it's just so many oh, names yeah, in that safety yeah. room that have played snaps at this level. Um, I don't know that Osbury is going to be able to get those snaps that he wants. Yeah. Um, and he was a highly recruited player. So I think that it's possible that we could see him hit the transfer portal based upon all of those things. Yeah. yeah. I think his brother committed to Notre Dame in the offseason. Maybe he wants to go, mm-hmm. jumps, goes play with his brother. You know what I'm saying? All right. So two offensive players, one defensive player. Um, I don't even I don't even want to say this name because I've been looking forward to seeing him play so much. But I'm just going to I'm going to put it out there. And I just talked about him a minute ago. Mm. Nietzsche Sledge. Mm. Mm. I, I think Nietzsche Sledge may hit the transfer portal after this spring. Um, I, I think that he is a guy who. When, when we brought in a lot of those transfers along the line, he was looking like, yo, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. where, where are my reps going to go with all these guys coming in? We've already talked about how Justin Rogers is seeming to be a guy who's going to slide directly into that rotation. We already know what we have in Jason Jones and Marcus Harris. We already know what we have in Jeffrey Emba up there as far as his potential. Yeah. I don't. I think Emba's locked in, but I, I do think Aniche Sledge might be feeling a little like I don't know if I have a home here right now. And I I absolutely hate to say that because I think, you know, he let me oh, let me clarify. Every name that I've named so far, I'm hating to have to say these names. Yeah. There's not a single one of those guys who I'm like, eh. I, I don't I mean, I don't know what we're missing in most of them because they haven't seen the field. Right. But I was very very, very much looking forward to seeing him on the field. I'm not sure if I'll ever get that opportunity, but I do want to see it. I hope I'm completely wrong about this, yeah. but I do think a Nietzsche sledge might test the waters in the transfer portal. You know, it makes sense for the young guys who are coming into the first year where they could have true eligibility and for them not to be seeing the field or, or automatically have guys in front of them. Because like you said, that defensive line looks uh, crowded. Defensive line looks crowded. The, the jack position, not so much, but the defensive line certainly looks crowded. So I'm 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 with you. I don't see, I do not see too much playing time for him. Now, let's let's be clear about this. Football is dangerous. Guys get hurt. Many a, a player has found their way into a starting rotation due to injury in front of them and not let go of that starting position once they got it. Right. Uh, make it very hard for the coaches to sit you down once you get the opportunity to get on the field. And and that's that's part of the game. You got somebody who's two years older, uh, uh, two playing years wiser, and they're at that position, and they're doing what they're supposed to do. How are you going to jump up? Well, they got to get off the field somehow. Now, you don't want that to happen. As a team, we don't want that to happen, but that's why you have so many guys for right. quality depth. Because some of the defensive line we, we brought in that are true freshmen – uh, what's the thing was a uh, Steven? I can't remember Steven his Johnson. Name. I think it's Steven name. Johnson. Mm-hmm. A defensive line. We brought in at least two defensive linemen straight out of high school as well. Now they're probably going to shelve those guys, get their bodies ready. But you got to wonder 
Like, if I'm not going to play this year because there are that many people in front of me, next year, it's not looking too much better. Like, honestly, like, so the transfers, the, every transfer we brought in is older. So maybe those guys get out of here. But then there are two guys that you brought in this year and you're going to bring in a couple more studs at the defensive line in the next cycle. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think it it looks crowded for him. Mm-hmm. And I don't see the path to playing time unless we're just getting shredded in the injury, you know, knock on wood. So that that actually makes a lot of sense. And noticing this, because I, I said this before, and I know everybody was so happy that when Harson got fired, there were some recruits that were like, man, really? And he was one of the people that was definitely pro Harson and his staff, probably because, you know, that's who recruited him. So Yeah, I mean, he was he was a big fan of Brumbaugh. Like, uh, yeah. I remember we, uh, I put something out on Instagram about um, Brumbaugh, and he liked the, the post because it was about how, people loved him and how he really cared about the players in his room. Right. Um, so listen, man, I, I don't want to see it, but I, and, and to the point, I think that he would be a quality piece to be able to rotate. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know where his patience is right now with that entire process of, of, right. of waiting to see what's crazy is like, I, I think people forget you don't have to have three years worth of dominating stats to make it to the NFL. You really only need like one really good year and some right. flashes in spot duty the year before that, right? So if Anise Sledge comes in and he gets 15 rotational snaps per game this year, and then next year becomes that guy along the defensive line, right. he's draft eligible that year, and he's going right. to the league. But he Many needs player, to be able yeah. to see that path to that. And that's mm-hmm. that's incumbent on Jason, uh, not Jason Garrett, Lord have mercy, on um, <laughs> on on Garrett, the defensive line coach, to yeah. be able to sell him that vision of like, hey, man, you're going to play in this rotation. Next year is your year because, listen, Justin Rogers isn't going to be there. Jason mm-hmm. Jones likely not going to be there. Marcus mm-hmm. Harris likely not going to be there. Mm-hmm. You're going yep. to be a senior leader in that room if you stick it out this year and just yep. come in and be that guy. Right. But he's got to have patience for that because he wanted to play last year as a freshman. He absolutely wants to play right now as a redshirt freshman. Mm-hmm. Will he stick it out and say, hey, redshirt sophomore year, my year, I'm going to go crazy and take the league by storm and be prepped to go to the NFL? I don't know the answer to that. Right. Agree. Agree. All right, that is four down, two offense, two defense. One more. You have a fifth name for us, B-Will. Man, I'm going to get a little spicy. Mm. A little spicy, man. Um, <clears throat> you know, we got, we, we've all said it the entire spring. One of these quarterbacks ain't going to be oh, here. Oh, I, I had a feeling this is where we were going. Okay. These quarterbacks ain't going to be here. Ooh, um, which, which name are you throwing mm. out there, my guy? No matter whether healthy or not, Robbie Asher is not going to leave because his skill set is always going to leave you wondering what he can do. And because nobody else on this roster is going to have that skill set, he knows that he's got opportunity. If Even if, let's say, hey, the shoulder's got to get repaired, I'm not going to be ready for the start of fall, but I'll be ready like September to come in and contribute. Cool. You were here for the spring. We got some tape on you. You're good. Okay. Holding Garner making a push since Pro Day, I think, puts a little more security. Um, I, I think they, they it's crazy because I'm a parent, so I'll be thinking parent analogies, you know what I'm saying? You put the kid in the, in the, in the car seat, right? And you tighten that thing up. I think he was in the car seat, but they ain't had a buckle on him. I think that Pro Day week, what he was able to do, I think the coach was like, yeah, why don't you stick around for a while? You stay up in here. You good. You ain't going nowhere. TJ Finley. I expected him 
what I want to say expected. He needed to be lights out to wrangle this job. And for everything that can come along with, with operation, I think his skill set is actually what's been inconsistent in the spring. And I'm going by the passes I've seen thrown in the spring. And now, again, we aren't looking at scrimmages in the spring. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be passing to, for an example, players go out there, all three quarterbacks are ready. They're going to fake snap a ball and throw it to them. They're going to get the ball. There's at least two wide receivers and one tight end in a pattern. Each quarterback is going to throw to one of those people. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't know how we're sailing passes on guys when the guys are running against nobody. And it's not that it didn't happen from everybody. It's that I thought TJ Finley's experience and his arm would be better at this point in his career than the other two guys there. Robbie being not as as good of a passer as I think Holden Garner and TJ Finley, but TJ Finley can be just as sporadic. Doesn't have the the upside of, of great wheels. So what are you what are you doing? This if you believed in your skill set, if you thought you had a chance, you had to wrangle this job these four weeks. All right. And inexperienced Robbie Ashford, he couldn't give you the push last year. Robbie Ashford with some some skin in the game already, coming off of 2022, he can't. I don't think Robbie, uh I don't think Finley has outplayed Robbie Ashford. I don't know how well Holden Garrett has showed in these scrimmages. That's what I don't know. Or in the in the practice time that we don't get to see, where you're really throwing with another. Uh, against a cornerback, with a cornerback out there guarding your guy. Mm-hmm. I think Finley, if you're going to put it in the hands of a third-year guy, fourth-year guy, or technically four, because 2020, 2020 he played, 2021, 2022, he played three seasons mm-hmm. with experience. You know, small experience, but still experience. I don't know how you're going to put it in his hands unless he's far and away the, the best player. And I think our ceiling is probably the lowest with TJ Finley. These coaches are, apparently are going to be real with these players, man. But like, hey, I don't really see it for you. Why don't you go ahead and start scouting out some other opportunities? I think T.J. T. Finley is going to go to the portal, whether that's, it has to be after graduation because he has already used his one-time transfer thing. Right. But I think T.J. Finley is going to be in the portal um, by the summertime. Mm. Uh, progress to degree update from that I've heard from him. He will probably not be ready to graduate this spring. So he's going to need summer classes to get there. Uh I, I mean, I, I, I don't even know. I don't disagree with anything that you just said. And I, I do think that the late push by Holden Garner makes this more of a possibility for TJ to mm-hmm. be the guy. I would have, if you'd have asked me this question last week, I would have gone Holden as mm-hmm. the guy who I thought was going to transfer out of that room most likely. Um, just because I think that TJ had started to put down some roots here in the Auburn area with him mm-hmm. getting, you know, engaged recently. And I think that he felt as if he could beat out uh, Robbie for that spot. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just, I, I, I feel as if the push by Holden might make this a little bit more likely for TJ to be the one to leave out of that room. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll see. We'll definitely see. We appreciate you guys jumping in with us. We will be back at you all tomorrow morning as we get into our 1030 pregame. Remember, tomorrow morning's live is at 1030 pregame, breaking down our final thoughts again, I guess, on A-Day, but just day of thoughts on the A-Day. You'll get more from C-Dub and Mike G on their final thoughts tomorrow. So make sure you're tuned in tomorrow morning live, 1030, uh, before A-Day game is kicking off there. And then we'll be back post-game 
with our reaction to that. So you guys want to make sure you are locked in with that as well. We are out of here. We appreciate you guys stopping in with us this morning. As always, War Eagle, we'll holler at you later. Peace. Peace. Drive.